1: This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads from the eye in of the, the sky. Scott, yes, this is this Seattle Overload. Is Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Mattie F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go! Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where it is the Seahawks Week 10 News Roundup and Chat. With Matty, that's me, and Ty. That's That's Ty. me.
0: <laughs>
1: there we go. Ty's wearing a really nice Supersonics hat. Yeah. Not as nice as my one, but, you know, it's nice. Of course. of course.
0: <laughs> not as nice as your Mariner's hat. Not as nice as your, uh, the Draft Starts a Mobile hat.
1: Mm-hmm. Not as
0: nice as any of those hats, no. No, no. no. I'm trying to no. be on my Matty F. Brown <laughs> shit, though, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No. yeah I mean, don't we all. Um, <laughs> so, not as much Seahawks news this week, because the Seattle Seahawks are currently... They might actually be in the skies right now, or that seems cutting it fine a bit. I don't know. I I had a feeling they left after Wednesday practice. But anyway, they're travelling to Munich, transatlantic flight, that obviously takes time. We had a weird truncated schedule where we heard from the coordinators on Tuesday and Tuesday, maybe Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Obviously, we heard from Pete Carroll on Monday twice, but he didn't really share too much. And then we're going to hear from him, I think, gino Smith and others on Thursday and Friday, but not the coordinators. So they've kind of flipped it around on its head. And because they're traveling, slightly less news. Are you excited for the first ever NFL Germany matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 45-year-old Tom Brady and Mm -hmm. the Seattle Seahawks.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to watch Tom Brady go up against actual Tom Brady uh, this weekend in Germany. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I feel bad for folks in Seattle. They got to wake up at 630 in the morning. But also, you know what, guys? Stop your complaining because Seahawks fans in Germany and the UK and Europe in general uh, also have to wake up at weird hours and stay up at weird hours to watch their favorite football team play. So you can do it for one week. Yes, exactly. And,
1: you know, just because they're not from Seattle doesn't mean they don't matter.
0: Mm, Exactly. Exactly like me right i'm not i don't live in seattle True, yeah. and, I, and i get to watch the game at 9 30 a.m which is a perfectly normal hour for me that will be oh, that's uh, totally fine, fine.
1: Yeah, i that's remember great. when i went to go and see uh i saw the seahawks play the rams thursday night football i think it was 2016 with the mm-hmm. debut of the action green anyway because that was on a thursday i remember on the sunday waking up in bed uh in a hotel to football yeah that was so cool Right. Very, yeah. very weird experience because I'm always on the opposite end of the spectrum where I'm kind of fighting off the urge to go to sleep <laughs> <What>? <laughs> while not trying not to think about bed at all because it's 4 a.m. and the Seahawks are playing in a primetime game or something.
0: Yeah. And now you're doubling up on doing uh, podcasts immediately after said games as well. So that's, yes. uh, that adds even more hours. Yes. And podcasts require
1: espresso and mm. podcasts require energy. And podcasts require things which are not conducive to sleep. Well, that Maddie, sound like I do something illicit. I don't do something illicit. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. We do not condone illegal activity here on the Seattle Overload podcast. If you are, yeah. Well, a... Griff's not here
1: to say that, so we'll have to ask Griff in the next episode. But uh, uh, Ty True. and I.
0: Right, right. Griff is legal is the legal department here on Seattle Overload. In case mm. uh, that wasn't made clear, but uh, yeah, uh, let's uh, let's U turn though, real quick, Maddie. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fill in for Griff a little bit here. Don't give me that look. Don't give me that look.
1: What are you talking about? Fill in for Griff? You were more <laughs> into the U turn than Griff at this point. Griff forgot about it. You're sick. You're sick. Both of you have got a sickness, but you—you need help.
0: Listen, and I don't want to see
1: any U-turning in the chat.
0: I'm—I'm trying to be a man of the people here, right? They—they love it. The—the U-turners love it. The U-turners down in the chat—they—they love this. They love this bit. It will never get old, and I'm never going to let it die. U-turns cannot be killed, Maddie. They cannot. That's just simple fact. Now, Maddie. Speaking of this podcast and your involvement in this podcast specifically, this is going to be a very special week here on Seattle Overload because you are in Germany. Right now, you are speaking to us from a uh, hotel room at an undisclosed location in somewhere in Germany. I can assume I'd, that you're I'd in Germany, right? I can give you my right? room number. That's fine. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, do it. Do it. Dox yourself right now on the show. <laughs> do it. You won't. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so you're going to be there uh, at the uh, practices. You're going to be at the game. Uh, tell us uh, what you're going to be doing. What, what are you planning on doing the next few days?
1: Well... I'm very excited because the Seahawks have a practice tomorrow. Oh, that's Thursday, so you're probably mm-hmm. listening. So late day, and we get to go see that. At, and Bayern Munich, right, which is like the biggest soccer team in Germany. We were, we were saying previously where we thought it would be, Ty, um, off there, but, what, you know, mm-hmm. where we thought they'd train. Because when they come to England, uh, the, the teams end up going at rugby clubs because England has quite a big... Uh, r- rugby culture and rugby clubs tend to be of a high standard, but also they're not always needed. Whereas you can't really do it as an English soccer team because they're always there. But Bayern Munich has this massive like training complex in the south of the city, complete opposite ends to where the stadium is, mm-hmm. and it, it's like Bayern Munich land. So, <laughs> um, that's cool. Um, Mia San Mia. Um, and uh, that's what um. That's where we'll be going for the Seahawks um, practice, which is on Thursday. And then they have one on f- Friday daytime, uh, local time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then uh, afterwards, I'll be watching the Buccaneers practice as well and getting to hopefully ask Tom Brady a question. So that'll be Ooh. interesting. But <laughs> I don't know what... <laughs> What?
0: Yeah. What are you gonna ask Tom Brady? Does
1: this Seahawks secondary remind you of the Legion of Boom? <laughs> Oof, there, there Is this go. like Super Bowl uh, forty-nine again?
0: <laughs> How scared are you on a one to ten scale of Tariq Hallen?
1: Yes. Are you going to throw it at him? What's your game plan? Um, yeah. No. Yeah, that's cool. And then obviously on Sunday the game at the Allianz Arena, which uh, as we've uh, mentioned, it's going to be a crazy early start. But yeah, excited to get to. Ask Pete Carroll questions, see the energy of a Seahawks practice, and uh, talk to the players as well. And yeah, I I do I should say thank you very much to the listeners because I mean technically I'm accredited via Stack, but I think the Seattle Overload podcast and you know that is the thing that I posted Substack the most. Uh, that is a big thing, so thank you everyone for listening and the support. We obviously appreciate you. So there we go. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I'm proud of you, Maddie. And you're going to represent us well. You better, at least. Don't mess this up for us. Because if you go down, you naturally take Griff and I down with you. I don't you know have, about that. You have our just lives. Be like he's in a your rogue hands.
1: agent. He's just a weird British boy. Mm. He we didn't know. You're
0: you're the host. You have the you have our lives in your hands.
1: No, we're all hosts. <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> well, technically I'm a producer, though oh we're gonna I basically whack the
1: title out huh yeah
0: just gonna just gonna whip out the title yeah yeah right just here place it place yep. it yeah mm-hmm. yeah right, right it. on mm-hmm. right on the table right on i was gonna i was gonna smack my table but then i was like that's probably going to do something weird with my microphone and i'm
1: not going to risk that right yeah right and as I'm... a producer you obviously know how that's damaging
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so you know, I'm not going to compromise the integrity of the show, and instead, what I'm going to do, Maddie, is lead us naturally into our first real topic of the show. Transition.
1: Oh, you so, gonna add that in in post production?
0: No, but we're just gonna leave that. All oh, right, that exact thing. Okay, and, cool. Yeah, cool, cool. yeah, because it was it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, good. Marquis Goodwin and Daryl Taylor. Both missed Sunday's game against the Cardinals. Yes. However, uh, they were seen at walkthroughs yesterday uh, and were participating. Uh, obviously, we don't have a, an official injury report just yet from the team. and uh, don't know who's practiced, who hasn't. Uh, but that would seem to be a good sign for this uh, the Seahawks team, especially because I feel offensively, they missed Marquise Goodwin a little bit, especially in that first half. Guys weren't really be able to get open. Um, and we've talked about uh, the um, chemistry that, that Goodwin and Gino have built with one another and uh, how Goodwin's come through in some pretty big spots. So how big would uh, a return for, for Goodwin be uh, this week for the Seahawks offense going up against this Bucks defense?
1: Well we needed someone at the airport didn't we like spotting if they got on the plane oh, yeah right. it sounds like they're both close enough to you know have got on the plane even if they're you know kind of like game time kind of decisions whoa,
0: odell beckham jr got on the plane at SeaTac to germany whoa
1: <laughs> yeah um josh jones has changed his jersey number from 13
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um,
1: <laughs> but um
0: yeah, so remember, remember when you were like, Yeah, there's no thirteen on the Seahawks?
1: Yeah, on the Seahawks offense tie. I yeah, definitely oh, said offense oh, tie. Right, 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 like, right, the, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, the old caveat. You totally um, did
0: not disrespect Josh Jones on the show. Totally.
1: No, I, I again to reiterate, mm-hmm. I've been a big Josh Jones supporter relative to the rest of the, the narrative around his game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Goodwin. So Goodwin is a big big deal, I think, because obviously the escridge is still working his way into the offence, even though he's playing like, like a wide receiver three with Goodwin absent and Penny Hart only played one snap last week, so, you know, I know he was coming back from an injury, but like Eskridge has fully overtaken him and at the start of the season, that was actually a bit of a question mark, right? But Goodwin is ahead of Eskridge and actually has had some production, you know, and I think it's big because he's trusted with like going deep and he's just trusted. Right. So then when you take out a Metcalf or Lockett and spot them and a defense can't be like, well, it's probably not going to go to Eskridge. Uh, we should probably defend some of these tight ends. Like having Goodwin out there is a huge deal to me. And mm-hmm. it's funny to say that because it didn't necessarily seem like that. I mean, what he's 32, but he's still rapid. He had that unfortunate drop yep. through his hands where, I mean, if he's, if he's playing a bit hurt, then this is the thing with football. If you're playing hurt, like it's really hard to play hurt. Like, heck, I, um, <laughs> I would say I struggle to do laundry. If I'm hurting somewhere, mm. <laughs> uh, my laundry execution is not the best. Sometimes I'll fumble the laundry. Uh, so th- you're ju- juggling your cabbage. Yes, exactly. We don't know what, di- yes, exactly. mm, don't know yeah, what yeah. different circumstances going th- got going on with players, but that, that, um, pass through the hands of Goodwin was was a shame because his speed was so quick and he you know he got the guy beat. He just needed to catch the ball. He just lost it at the last minute. And mm. I you know I'd, I'd say that's a momentary blip. And if he is back to being able to play again, like he's a viable like wide receiver three in the offense. That that's what everything we've seen, right? And and more importantly, the chemistry of Gino.
0: Yeah, and like they. They need that right now, right? Because like like you said, you know, the, the less attention you can take off the tight ends, all that stuff, that that really helps. Uh, what about Daryl Taylor? Because this, uh, this pass rush has been able to get to the quarterback uh, pretty well lately. Um, what does his uh, addition here do for the Seahawks? And, and what does that do for uh, Bruce Irvin's usage? Because he's really been the guy there uh, opposite Chenna. Daryl
1: Taylor is such an odd one because he's obviously like quite a vocal leader and presence. And Pete mentioned that growing last season, but he's basically become a pass rush specialist. Like he doesn't, he's not trusted to set the edge. Now uh, it's probably a question I should ask Pete Carroll, right? Like, is the new yeah. system impacting Taylor? Cause they're still doing the same stuff. Like if you're an outside linebacker or you're a defensive end, but you're the dude on the edge of the bare front, then you got to set the edge. Yeah. But, and Clint Hurt said, as I had said uh, previously, Taylor can be as good as he wants to be. And mm-hmm. you hear them talking up Nuosu this week, saying all this really positive stuff about, you know, he's a, a true pro, you know, a lot of cliches. And, and Hurt himself acknowledged it was coach talk. But like, he, you know, he works so hard. He understands the game. He's like full on 100%. And then you think, well, well, then why is Taylor not doing that? And as good as he wants to be, well, maybe he's he's struggling a bit with the that side of it because it just doesn't make sense that he got... Like, setting the edge, okay, he may have slimmed down a bit to rush the passer and, and do some coverage drops because he's now an outside linebacker. And I think, rightly or wrongly, there's more of an a inference that that means pass dropping, even though last year they were dropping their defensive ends a bit, as everyone knows, much to their chagrin. But um yeah, I don't understand how Taylor's now a passing down specialist. He's basically going to take uh Joshua Onodjogu off the Joogo off the field. Um
0: you were close. That, so close.
1: What, what what how do I ono, pronounce
0: I I think it's Onajogu. You 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 said but there's Jogo an and then Joe-Gui.
1: Well, the other thing is like american pronunciation isn't true it's like it becomes americanized right which is fine. right like, it does I, that's fine but yeah, i'm yeah. not american so thanks ty true. for that's... thanks ty for doing that yeah. yeah um so yeah taylor's basically putting down dude which doesn't it shouldn't be the case yeah, so in yeah. terms of you mentioned bruce Irvin, bruce will still do his thing because they don't trust taylor's set an edge they've shown us that with how they've rostered players managed it and you can give it the marketing of oh, we're keeping him fresh for the passing down. We love him on passing downs. Well, yeah, but, you know, she's playing all the time because he's really good at everything. Taylor's not really good at everything. Now, can he be mm-hmm. really good at everything? Sure. But I think the only thing to explain it is, you know, what, well, the two things. Maybe he's struggling with the new system, the new language. Maybe, you know, he was playing a bit hurt and that was impacting him. But also is he being a pro pro and we have no way of answering that, but right. we do have some results which indicate that perhaps, perhaps not. Is that fair? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And right now, you know, with what Bruce has been able to do, the, the pass rush is looking the most efficient that it's looked all year. And he's been able to set the edge, play the run pretty well. He's taken that job from, from Daryl Taylor, I think. Like, and so now like you said taylor basically becomes a third down pass rush specialist
1: well ty and, they they tried this with bam johnson as well remember yeah, he was the yeah. guy trusted to set the edge on early downs like they yeah. don't they don't they just trust. don't trust
0: him yeah they just don't trust at all so yeah you know i i, I wonder if that's just a a physical regression that's happened over the last year or if it's literally just like he's just not the guy right like he's just not that guy and he's not really being you know like you said he's not really being a pros pro about it either so yeah it's a it's a really weird situation but it's i don't know like on sunday it didn't really feel like they missed daryl taylor because like bruce has been so good in that role so far and they're just firing on all cylinders right now so um yeah he's just kind of a guy that just fits into the stable at this point so in terms of the two guys that we talked about like i i feel like goodwin adds a lot more to this team and benefits this team a lot more right now than than taylor does did you say that as well yeah.
1: yeah yeah i think that's i mean the thing with taylor is he still does have the like when he when it all clicks and comes together on a rush like he has his get off and then his ability to literally dip under a table and bend yeah and that's rare like he has the yeah. rare traits and so you know uh someone in the comments Cesar Castillo said strip sack on Tom Brady I mean yeah you could see that happening right yeah. like <laughs> yeah Taylor's the kind of guy who can make that happen Yeah, his pass rush uh repertoire hasn't been as great is 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 uh, inhibited him a bit more this year? As guys have realised, okay, well we're going to get speech each time. What's your counter? And yeah. guys have set him a bit better. So again, we're still sort of waiting for that all to come together. But then who's to say down the stretch that it doesn't? It's just an interesting thing yeah. to monitor because, and then the other thing as well is like you know obviously he's technically in his third year, but as uh, Pete Carroll made uh, a concerted effort uh, to refer to. He they treated last year like it was Taylor's rookie year, right? And so is this year his sophomore slump? His his second season down year because mm-hmm. that that that's a supposedly a thing, right? Right. And I think when we talk about pass rush and perhaps you know uh, tackles are being a bit smarter about how they play him and and asking him more for the counter, then that is kind of a being worked out, isn't it?
0: Right. And well, also you know talking about uh Castillo uh, Cesar Castillo here who said the strip sack on Tom Brady thing it's like yeah that can happen but also how many opportunities is he going to get to try and do that right like yeah he's got the, ta- the talent for it but right now considering how limited he is and how limited therefore his role is going to be those opportunities are going to be few and far between so is he going to mm. be able to get into a rhythm and be able to make an impact that way you know what I mean yeah
1: what's nice is um obviously the defensive improvement means that Seattle and the offense still being good means Seattle has been up by like double scores, two, point, uh, two score leads uh, entering the fourth quarter of games. And that's why the pass rush has really been able to tee off. That's why the sack numbers have been so high in recent weeks. But then you still have like Nuosu's obviously going to be out there. And then on the other edge, Irving was getting like legit snaps and doing like some stuff, yeah. commanding chip pass protection. He was enough yeah. of a threat in that sense. So, he's Taylor's still going to be com- competing for those. So while his opportunities yeah. if on it would be high, he suddenly has you know like this 35 year old Bruce Irvin who's ready to ready to rumble off the edge. And um, Josh was uh, showing some activity and hustle, even though I think Taylor's presence. If he is able to go, probably would mean uh, Josh was inactive. Yeah. All right.
0: So, um, <laughs> do do you want to talk about the
1: Geno thing, or do you want to talk about? Oh risk yeah, and let's gate? do that. Let's do that. Let's. Okay, do that. Right, so right.
0: let's talk about Gino.
1: So tomorrow, Ty, I'm going to go to this big tower and see mm. if Geno Smith has actually been uh, painted superimposed onto the tower. Have you seen this?
0: Yeah, yeah, I have seen that. I I thought yeah. it was
1: fake at first, but it it kind of looks real. Like, it looks like they actually did that. Is it real? I'm going to tell you. I'm I'm the the truther. I'm going to right. have my stick, mm-hmm. uh munch on that and then head out and find this TV tower.
0: <laughs> and your and your vice first. And uh, oh, your oh yeah, pretzel, my vice first. Pretzel, yeah, 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 Your side of pretzel, which you hate. I'm not
1: having pretzel. Pretzel trash
0: been over this we've been over this here's Matthew. the thing
1: as well about the pretzel there mm-hmm. like there's a lot of you can, like you can tell this the german ones are really quality right like they're big they're fat it's proper bread like it is uh <laughs> it's moist um <laughs> big fat and moist <laughs> and slightly salty but uh-huh. well actually very salty but just trash like it's just not good like it, it tastes rubbish just have bread
0: but like when it's really warm and there's like a good amount of salt, I'm talking about like the middle ground, right? Right. Where there's like, it's not too salty, but it's also like, there is hardly any salt. There's like three little specks of salt on it. Like what when what's it's the, in between. What's,
1: what's the taste? There's like a taste to them. Like what, what's the flour? What do they use? What's, what is I, this? I
0: don't, I don't, I don't know. It, it. To me, it's kind of got like a, not necessarily like a, a brioche bun feel, but like, it's it's somewhere in that that range that that family. I'm not a bread expert. We need to ask uh, the the bread reporter on on Twitter. Washing what, soda what his, what his or lye
1: treatment gives pretzels their traditional skin and flavor. Okay. Yeah, the gla the like the glaze element is just garbage. You don't like the glaze element. I like the glaze element. Don't get me wrong. I love a good glazing. Yeah. But <laughs> pretzels. <laughs> nah it's just wrong it just tastes weird (laughs) there's a reason they're served with beer because one obviously the salt makes you more thirsty but two because everyone's Mm. washing that the rubbish down they're like oh i don't like this
0: man beer and a pretzel at a baseball game or a movie theater
1: yeah a baseball game that says a lot of time.
0: it hits. It hits. I'm just saying it hits. I'm just saying it Get hits. Alright, alright, alright. Gino, Gino, Gino. Gino. Let's see you turn back to Gino.
1: I'm going to see the tower. I'm going to have mm-hmm. my vice versa. i I'm not going to have pretzel. And then, uh, also, Gino has been active on social media. Uh, uh, well, he he he, uh, he clapped back at a reporter. That was mm-hmm. good. It happened to me too, although... I think I've been very positive about Gino, so it was unfortunate that happened, but such is Twitter. Everything's without context. Oh, yeah, um, that's
0: that's right. I forgot that Gino quote tweeted you or responded to you. Whatever. I was just
1: trying to cope with Russell Wilson, Gino was like, oh, well. Put it in the Louvre. I, I maybe, maybe when
0: maybe when Gino sees you tomorrow, he's going to
1: call you out. He, he might. He might. He <laughs> yeah. might just be like, not this prick. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I mean, heck, I'd think that. Um, so,
0: by the way, how how much are you going to be looking out for play sheets the next two days?
1: No, I'm not allowed to. You can't do that tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. No, you can't. You tie. You can't do that. Of course, of course. You can't yep. do
0: that. Yeah, no, no, that's illegal. That's illegal. That would also, be illegal. My
1: eyes are like. I think I need to go to an opticians because like things are really long away. are blurry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're nearsighted, like me.
1: No, we're not the same. We are not mm. the same. <laughs> mm.
0: We're built the same. We're built the same. We're we're the um, exact same. Okay, so this is so actually anyway. a Fight Club situation.
1: <laughs> That'd be funny. You are in Munich. Um, yeah. I was in so, Munich this whole time. Oh wow. Um, mm-hmm. So, Dino, also a uh, uh, rapper and also a uh, mm. former NFL wide receiver who is one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen in the NFL, and if uh, certain circumstances hadn't played out, would have been a Hall of Fame player. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown uh, did some... Uh, he 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 wrote some bars on Twitter, didn't he, Ty? Yeah, yeah,
0: he wrote to uh, to Gino on Twitter. Here, let me bring it up, actually, so we can read this actually i I think this is a a message that i can't read out loud let's just say that he uh (laughs) on this show so let's (laughs) let's uh let's just uh say that he uh he shouted out gino and then gino responded my brother from another with an exclamation point
1: Mm.
0: and there you go make of that what you will
1: Gino. ab said shout shout out to my guy gino but he didn't say guy i make movie yeah. quentin tarantino balling harder than any guy we know and it's a throwback dan marino which i mean gino does kind of play like dan marino both legendary from the pocket
0: mm-hmm. so they're 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 uh they're homies i guess <laughs> so that sucks <laughs> depending on how you feel about antonio brown uh i'll be very open about how i feel about antonio brown uh he currently has a picture of
1: kyrie irving as his as his there
0: you go that that perfectly encapsulates how i feel about <laughs> antonio brown at the moment <laughs> but without getting too far down that rabbit hole i thought mm. we would uh talk a little bit about Antonio Brown as a Seahawk because that's obviously going to come up. this has already come up with Gino and a b talking to one another cool yeah
1: <laughs> so uh, C-
0: cesar Castillo <laughs> in the uh chat making me laugh there uh also yeah, I don't know if you saw cable Thanos Josh Casman's uh response to uh gino uh it's no. it's pretty great it's there's a there's a meme underneath Gino's
1: reply from uh Oh, a good buddy, Josh. <laughs> so Antonio Brown as a player. Yeah. And obviously to play football, you have to be um, present.
0: Yep. Um, and uh, obviously out of we trouble.
1: Know, yeah. We know how it ended in Tampa Bay. We know how it ended in Pittsburgh. We know how it ended in Las Vegas. That was a thing. Right? He was on the Raiders. Yeah. yeah, he was on the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders still. Yeah. Were they just in last. Anyway. No, 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 it was still in Oakland. The thing. So, yeah. There's a lot that's a happened player, with Antonio but...
0: Brown. I don't blame you for losing track.
1: Yeah. But as a player, he is a great, a great player. Like I said, future Hall of yep. Fame player coming into the offense. He could basically complement Tyler Lockett, Tree. Um, mm-hmm. he'd be an unbelievable addition, and it's funny because obviously he was linked with Seattle. There was all that talk that um, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson wanted him on the Seahawks. Have I got that yep. correct? Yeah, yeah, because they they're actually like cool with one another. I think they've worked out together in
0: the in the off season, all that. So
1: there you go, there you go. So now <laughs> I don't. I think it says a lot that I think if we'd done this a year ago. we'd had this conversation a year ago i think a lot of people in well not a lot of people but i think we'd have had one or two comments in the chat going yeah sign a sign a b but but (laughs) since that point there's um there's been more stuff and i just don't think it's a good idea and i and i agree with what uh, Cesar Castillo says where he would definitely derail the narrative of the Seahawks. Yes, he would. Because yeah, they're obviously would. a very feel-good team right now. And to do that would just uh it would shatter that. It would a lot of people would lose faith in in everything. And just there's no no reason to do it. Uh we have no actual idea that um <laughs> they were thinking of doing it is just this tweet so we're basically podcasting
0: yeah no we are podcasting we're podcasting our socks off right now uh Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's where the buck stops for me as well is that it would derail every little piece of goodwill the the seahawks have built up for themselves over the last few months right like you know they're they're playing such great ball right now it's a entirely you know feel-good story all these guys all these rookies pete's redemption all this stuff and then you just distract from all of that with look there are a lot of football players that i'm sure are not great human beings that we don't know about but we do know about this one he's not a great person and Mm. so i i don't know about involving uh in, or rather integrating someone like that into this locker room right now it just seems like an unnecessary i don't mean to use the bud, buzzword but i'm going to
1: it seems like an unnecessary distraction it yes, really does an yeah. actual unnecessary distraction yeah um and obviously we, we're pretty positive on marquis goodwin literally just yeah. spent the first part of the podcast talking about how goodwin's good and yeah and there so there's still like if, hope for ds bridge like
0: yeah and like if you're gonna sign someone from the outside i'd much rather it be odell right and i think everyone yes. can can agree with that at this point and
1: i think i mean both their peaks were unbelievable but yeah i think odell is a better uh compliment to the other two uh, top receivers yeah. And stylistically, like stylistically it works a bit better,
0: but Yeah, and, and Brown's not washed, right? Like he looked good in Tampa when he was healthy. But mm. you know, it's <laughs> it's not about Well you'd also ability. have to
1: you'd you'd have to work out how that all like and what's his contract with them, how does that work if he was Right, yeah. That's so yeah. That's so yeah, weird. so
0: the the whole situation, it's just too complicated. Yeah. Who knows if he's even in football shape right now? Like there's so much Where's stuff, rapper? He's a he's a As, he's as, his, tweet,
1: as his tweet um shows he's yeah. he's a, a hip hop maestro.
0: hmm <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. Uh <laughs> enough of that. But we did want to acknowledge that because uh seeing Gino uh, refer to that uh person as his brother uh was I'll just say it concerning. Little little concerning. Didn't didn't appreciate seeing that on my timeline last night, you know. That well not we great. all
1: we all it's obviously we don't know the whole story, but and uh we we all have uh, we all we all, we all no complicated people, but it, mm-hmm. yes, it was it was a bit weird. But then also, sports stars—you can—they're very fun on the field, but we don't know them. We don't know what goes on yeah. in their lives. It's the weird thing with sports fandom and and all yeah. all that kind of stuff. So
0: yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, lastly, wristband gate. You know about this, Maddie? You know what's going on with well uh, wristband I was, gate?
1: I was flying. Uh, or traveling and working during this period, so I am I'm in the dark about wristband gate. It sounds dramatic. It sounds like I need to know. Please fill yeah. me in.
0: So, yesterday Shane Waldron had his press conference and yeah. uh, was asked by a reporter if he felt that. Um, Gino wearing a coach's wristband on his left wrist helps with things having having the plays on his wrist having those available there and I don't have the quote in front of me but Waldron basically said yeah it does and from past yeah. experiences with uh, having to get calls in and not having to reiterate the calls we felt that it was the best Choice for us this offseason. We talked about it with the quarterbacks this offseason, and we felt that it was best for us for the quarterbacks to wear a wristband when they play. Yeah.
1: And we should say, Ty, that uh, Waldron was asked that question because the the interview I did hear was Pete Carroll on uh, uh Seattle Sports. Brock and Sulk. He said that Gino, uh reading plays off a wristband has helped smooth out his pre snap process and efficiency, and he said. There was a resistance to that. We never did that before. Right. Implying that Russell Wilson didn't. Yeah. And so, uh, so, 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 how has it become wristband gate?
0: Well, because Russ did use the wristband for, for a time, at times he used it in his mm-hmm. rookie year. And I, I would know this because I'm a sicko and actually pay attention to uh, players' equipment for some reason. Um, but russ uh would occ- after his rookie year he occasionally wore the wristband he wore it in 2014. he famously wore it in the super bowl the super bowl 49. uh he wore it a couple other times here and there once like in washington there was a couple of stretches like he, w- he would do it where he would wear it for about like three weeks and then go away from it again just wear the double like regular wristbands all that mm-hmm. uh but he had worn it so the complete resistance thing is a little weird because he was open to wearing it. Uh, I don't know if that was like maybe in those situations just kind of a trial run and then he said like oh I don't like it I'm not going to do this
1: whatever or Uh, he wanted to to look he wanted to try try and do it without it to look good. I don't know it doesn't really make sense because like Tom Brady wears a wristband Peter Manning wears wore a wristband like it doesn't. Yeah, like, like there's lots details that we're missing because it's passed for the, through for multiple press conference quotes. Yeah,
0: so Russ clapped back today because he was asked about it and said that you know I won a lot of games without having to wear a wristband. I don't see what the big deal about that is. So, mm. so that's kind of oh, taking so it's this not cool, a thing not in Denver, a thing. and yeah. I, I
1: noticed. Um, I noticed that Denver. Reporters have picked up that Wilson wore a wristband against the Jags and hadn't previously, and he's now wearing a wristband in practice. So yeah, yeah.
0: So that so that was uh, the other aspect of it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just it's it's interesting. Like it, it gives you a little bit of a like, especially Waldron's comments yesterday gives you kind of a little peek as to maybe some of the things that frustrated Waldron working with Russ. And that, you know, he was having to repeat calls. And maybe that's what led to some of the uh, play
1: clock issues that they had last year as well. Um, So on the play clock issues, I think it's probably definitely, well, probably definitely. I think it's definitely part of it. Mm -hmm. But Russ is always trying to see the whole picture at the snap. And so he really isn't, he often drains down the play clock. Mm Mm-hmm to uh to you know see the whole defensive picture and sometimes it's to a fault so I think that's also, you know you've got to add that detail in there but year one of a new offense like uh, having a wristband would probably have helped to ad- adapt yeah they tried to sort of blend the language together but there's still you know new language new plays and I think the wristband also allows you to have your wordy you play call and then another wordy play call next to it for your check and for a guy to read all that out that's a lot of remembering I like, I do definitely think it's a thing it's just we don't really know why that like, is it an image thing like the Russ pushed back on it like he didn't want to look like a rookie like we don't know we don't know Yeah, because it is a rookie it, thing right
0: like all the rookie quarterbacks wear it I, don't, I can't yeah. remember the last then, time I like, saw a rookie I... quarterback in his rookie year not wearing a coach's wristband
1: yeah, but then, like I said, like Brady, Brady, yeah, Brady wears a wristband still. Brady
0: wears it. Josh Allen wears it. gina uh,
1: Smith wears it.
0: Yeah, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> wears it. Josh, yeah. uh, Justin uh Herbert wears it. Like all these guys, like all the top quarterbacks in the league, wear it. Jalen Hurts right now, I think he still wears it. Like it's not like 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 it's you know it it helps right because again it's like all right you know if you only get part of the play in your headset or like you miss one part of it or whatever you can look it up on your on your wristband you don't need because like Waldron was talking about having to regurgitate the whole play call you know again and again and it's like so you can avoid that and that cuts down on time and it also Um. you know and it just also just helps with
1: with the uh, with play calling in general. Russell apparently laughed when he was asked about it. Yeah, and and then retorted that he'd won a lot of football games, which yeah. I mean he has. Quarterback wins.
0: Yeah, yeah. Quarterback wins yeah. the most important stat in football, of course. So we all know.
1: But it'll be really uh, interesting going forward if, like you know, some of his issues against midfield open defenses magically fix himself because of a wristband yeah. i doubt it but yeah heck if if that's what it takes then there we go good for us i mean he he's played some
0: of his best football wearing a coach's wristband obviously so <laughs> there you go he has yeah. <laughs> all right uh so there really isn't anything else that's going on this is a pretty boring week in terms of news and all that um tomorrow we got the uh, the tape review coming that's coming at the uh, original time um that we usually do right yeah like we're still planning on doing that at that time
1: yeah so i'm going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one let me tell you that <laughs>
0: yeah 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 so we we'll have that going on tomorrow uh we'll talk more about this uh this bucks game tomorrow but uh I think we should wrap up here with, uh, I mean, what do you think this does for the Seahawks if they win the this game? Yeah, the wristband. Yeah, yeah. But if they uh, if they beat the Bucs, go 7-3, and three, heading into the bye with that Raiders, Rams, Panthers stretch. Like, what does that do for this team ceiling? Is it at that point like they're favorites to, to win the division? Are you on board yeah. with that at that point? Well,
1: then it's five wins in a row. And like you said, the schedule's pretty friendly looking. By the way, uh, Matt Stafford in concussion protocol right now. Yeah. Yeah. From the actual Adam Shafter. So the man. Adam Shafter, not. In all caps, (laughs) not. There we go. Yeah. And then, you know, you just stack wins on wins on wins. And, you know, imagine having home field advantage and. Especially with this crowd, right? Like we've talked
0: about how it's how it's changed a little bit, you know, with the crowd. Yeah, because what it, hurt them in this that era.
1: that weird Rams game against uh oh, as a quarterback, Wolford. Yeah. yeah <laughs> how did yeah. they lose the off the offense? the Seahawks offense? <laughs> and then and, and not then and then Jared
0: Goff with like one working hand.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, but like at the COVID year, if they'd had a crowd, obviously that helps. Like the home field yeah. advantage wasn't as big a deal, and the home field advantage right now, like you said, tie is actually a thing. Like, yeah, combined with being up into the fourth quarter, they're just they know because of the crowd noise what side the protection's sliding to. They know how when the snaps come in, they can get off the ball fast. Like they yeah. can just take over games.
0: Yeah, like so. The, yeah, this team. Right now, the way that they're playing, they deserve a home playoff game. Like, be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun,
1: especially with the way this defense is playing. If they can keep that going, this like, is a big game. This is a big game because, like, the the are four and five, mm-hmm. and like, are they for real? Are they not for real? And this is kind like, of a
0: different style of quarterback that they're facing. You know, in this really now, now that now that they've changed things or they have reverted back rather, like. It's gonna be uh, it's, it's it's gonna be a really good test for them, especially with the the receiving talent that uh, that Tampa Bay has, uh, the solid run game. Um,
1: yeah, if they if, put together a complete game against this team, yeah, then I'm I'm bullish, saying they they reach in a, a championship game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I mean just who's who's stopping them? Like what team in the, the NFC, NFC are so you, bad. Yeah, like what team in the like even the Eagles and the Vikings right now, I don't fear them. Like, the Vikings have legitimate offensive line issues and their defense. The Vikings is Vikings are
1: the Vikings aren't real, I don't think. Yeah. But the, the, the Eagles, Eagles are, but
0: Well, but the Eagles have only beaten like one good team, right? In the in the time that they beat the Cowboys, it was Cooper Rush at quarterback. Like
1: what what good team did the Seahawks beat?
0: Depends on what you classify as a good team. Do you think the Chargers ah, are a good team? Does. Do you think Not they, really. does it does it fit my narrative? <laughs> Doesn't fit my narrative. Mm. I mean, that's true. No, that's, that's a good what point. What, but the NFC is trash. The NFC is trash that's in general. Yeah, that's so that's what... that's and that's the issue, right? Is like and we look don't at their really schedule. Know.
1: Like all of their team, all the teams they're playing are bad, other than the Kansas City. And I mean, the 49ers' defense is real, but yeah we still don't really know, like
0: and also like are the 49ers gonna be able
1: to stay healthy, ah, giants are a good team, the giants are a good team, yeah although although are they or are they are they I really mean,
0: hmm. I mean, they were playing without Kinda. like half they were playing without like half of their uh, offensive line and their three like top three receivers, so
1: yeah no, I don't wanna hear this, it's this just enough
0: enough look you know what we'll we'll take it no no no. we create our own rules here it's our show the Giants are a good team and screw it we'll say the Chargers are also a good team great team. yeah great team and the Seahawks uh are yeah clearly the the best team in the NFC uh but yeah I don't know you know we'll see uh when we get to January but there really isn't a team right now that I'm like that there's like, there's no way the Seahawks are getting to the Super Bowl because they're going to face that team on the way there. And so, I don't know. Sky's the limit, I guess. <laughs> right? There we go. Yeah. To the moon. To the moon. To the moon. Diamond hands. All that. Yeah. That's a throwback. Diamond hands. That hasn't. That hasn't been relevant in like two years.
1: <laughs> still, you've made it relevant again.
0: Yeah, I'm bringing it back
1: okay any questions people
0: beat the ravens or are the ravens a good team i mean yeah the ravens mm-hmm. are
1: pretty... kind of everyone's kind of bad like
0: <laughs> yeah i mean Ooh. like even the chiefs even the chiefs are not particularly good <laughs> like the bills might be without josh allen he might have to have tommy john surgery like
1: oh yeah that is like obviously, Seattle doesn't play Buffalo, but um, unless Buffalo make it to the Super Bowl, but like, yeah. when you saw that news, obviously injuries suck, but you're like, well, that's one less team that looks like a clear Super Bowl contender. If if because they look like a class apart. i I mean, that last game against the Jets, they had a really. Allen had a bad game, but Let's with him out. Case Keenum? It's Case Keenum. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not Josh Allen, is it? So, yeah. So now it's like the Chiefs I mean, who are weird look like the they play- miss Tyreek.
0: Playoff case, though. Playoff case. <laughs> the Case Keenum Geno Smith Super Bowl. Let's go.
1: <laughs> there we go. I think Cowboys are real.
0: Yeah, Cowboys are probably real. That defense is really good. Also, Dan Quinn. Love you. Love Dan Quinn. Um,
1: Come home, DQ.
0: (laughs) Yeah, come home, DQ. Uh, All right. Let's see. Um, Any worry we lose Shane Waldron for a head coaching spot in the offseason? Yeah, I think the way that we're going. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the way that we're going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, because, like, yeah, because, like, I mean, like, just think about it. Like, the narrative from the outside is like, Two rookie tackles. He revived Geno Smith. All this stuff, like, dude, and he's a McVay guy. On top of that, he knows Sean McVay. He (laughs) He knows Sean. Oh man, yeah, but um, maybe he replaces Sean McVay after Sean McVay retires at the end of the year. Boom.
1: Ooh, there we go. There we go. Come back home. We aren't down a past podcast. And I said on that podcast that he uh the only thing which would stop it is if he's just like really boring and like not not charismatic in the interview. Like Or tested. if the
0: Seahawks make it to the Super Bowl and he just runs out of time to
1: accept the job. Yeah, there we go. That's the solution. Yeah. Win a Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl, then promise both Waldron and Hurt that they can be the head coach in like <laughs> seven years' time. Mm-hmm. And then just have them fight. <laughs> there we go. There
0: you go. Death match between uh, Clint Hurt and Shane Waldron. I don't know, man. Yeah, Some think... tells me that Clint Hurt would probably yeah. win that.
1: Yeah. 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 I, uh, Waldron would need uh, Andy Dickerson to come in.
0: Ooh, that's true. All right. So, tag team match. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dickerson and Shane Waldron versus Clint Hurt, who's basically like Sean two people. One eight. Anyway. Oh Sean Sean Des- okay, Sean. Oh, Desai. he's getting
1: he's getting battered. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. I'm a i I'm a small dude too. Like we we know what's going on. He'd be you, like round the ankles. Yeah.
0: You, you should Andy. definitely tell them about this when you go to practice tomorrow.
1: Yeah, who would win in a tag team match yeah. out of the coaching stuff? <laughs> I mean, everyone's gonna say Clint Hurt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean like Man's no even... Ball no one even comes close, I guess. Aaron Curry. <laughs> like, that would probably be the closest.
1: Yeah. yeah. Although, special teams... I mean, Larry Izzo looks he, like... He like would he's, do damage. He's, yeah, he, yeah, he's done some stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hes <laughs> he's been around the block. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So Larry Izzo wins. There we go.
0: Well, he has the best chance. Against Clint
1: <clears throat> Okay. Well, is that us done, Ty? Yeah. All right. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for the the tape overload where I'll be getting up at 3.30 my time. Woo. <laughs> Woo, boy. <laughs> He's so stoked. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. It'll be fine. Uh, no, it'll be a good tape review. I... I'm looking forward to talking about how the Seahawks beat the Cardinals again, completed the sweep. Please do follow Ty on Twitter at Dane Gunzars. Follow me on Twitter at Matthew F. Brown. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Seattle Overload, where you'll get notified of stuff. And yeah, like the video if you're watching now. We appreciate you all tuning in live. If you're listening, please do give us a five-star review. Download the podcast. And everyone, tell a friend. Tell a relative, telling your arch nemesis that mm-hmm. the, the Shadow Overload podcast talking about the Seahawks three times a week, and we're kind of nerdy, but um, also kind of cool.